biggest questions. Who are we called to be? What do you need from us? Where are you in our midst? How can we follow you more clearly? As we read your word today, we ask that you would weave answers into the text. Speak to us through these ancient stories that we might find what we are seeking in you. With gratitude and open hearts, we pray. Amen. The first reading is from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4a, from the New Revised Standard Version. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. We live by bread alone. We live not by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. Thanks be to God. Our gospel reading for this second Sunday in Lent is John chapter 3, the verse, first 17 verses. Listen for what the Spirit is speaking to you. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with that person. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? And no one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness... So the Son of Man be lift, must be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. 
The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let's pray. Holy God, whose wild spirit's breath defies our frozen idols, take the nighttime of our fear and make it a welcoming womb for us and all the world. Through Jesus Christ, in whom we are born anew. Amen. No one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above, or the more popular translation, without being born again. So let me ask you, Covenant, have you been born again? (laughs) Now, I know that some of you, your insides just kind of curl up (laughs) at that question because it has some baggage, perhaps a lot of baggage. In our country, to be born again speaks of having a personal one-time experience with God after which your life is never the same, kind of like Saul on the Damascus Road. But for many, that is simply not our experience. Many of us experience faith as an unfolding process as opposed to a one-off night and day event. But there's more to being born again in our context than that. It has all this theological baggage as well, right? Uh, Baggage like uh, having to affirm the literal truth of all of the scriptures. Um, It it, it affirms that um, salvation is only about the afterlife and that Christianity is the world's only true religion. And everyone else is either said, or at least implied, to be hell-bound. And so considering all this baggage and more, many people want nothing to do with being born again. So here's my serious question today. Can we begin again with being born again? Or is this metaphor one that we just need to let go as a lost cause? I think we need to reclaim it. Because at the heart of this metaphor is our need for change, the need for new beginnings and new ways of seeing the world, and boy, do we need that right about now. One of the great dangers of our times is our ever-deepening polarization. Uh, Sociologists have been noting for decades now how our communities are becoming increasingly occupied by people who live, think, and vote like we do. Uh, Bill Bishop's 2008 book, The Big Sort, chronicles how Americans have been sorting themselves geographically, economically, and politically into like-minded communities and the dangers that this presents to our democracy. Well, that was 2008. Anybody think it's gotten better since then? See, perhaps what we need is to begin again, to be willing to see the world anew, to look upon our neighbors upon those across the pew from you, to those you don't understand, to see them with new eyes. Nicodemus was a leader in his community, a well-respected Pharisee who comes to Jesus under the cover of night as a seeker. Our, Our Lenten theme this year is seeking, asking honest questions for a deeper faith. And last week we followed Jesus into the wilderness And we ask that question with him, 
Whose voice will you listen to? And this week we witnessed Jesus invite Nicodemus to begin again. And Nicodemus has a hard time embracing new beginnings. And so do we. It's interesting that he comes under the cover of night. It seems that he has a lot to lose by seeking out Jesus. Because in some communities, it is simply not safe to be a seeker. To have questions about your faith, to have doubts, to to wonder and to seek for something deeper is in many religious communities highly suspect. Because for many, religion is not about uh, asking questions and having wonder. It's about finding answers and certainty. But Jesus welcomes our questions, even when they come by the cover of night. So Nicodemus begins his seeking with, with a compliment, perhaps trying to flatter Jesus. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God. Jesus ignores the flattery and cuts right to the chase, saying, no one can be born, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. In other words, Nicky boy, if you want to be part of what God is doing here and now, then you must be born again. And so Nicky makes the all-too-common mistake of taking Jesus' words literally and asks, are you asking me to go back into my mother's womb? A strange image, to be sure. (laughs) But Jesus is speaking in metaphor, which is the only way that any of us can ever understand the things of God. All of our language for God falls short, and the very best we can do is use images and metaphors. And so Jesus isn't talking about literally re-entering the womb, but he is talking about beginning again, and all beginnings are hard. New beginnings can be so hard that sometimes I wonder if re-entering the womb would actually be easier. Nicodemus has a lot at stake here. As a leader of the Pharisees. He's attained a level of power and respect in his community. How can he begin again when he has already achieved so much? How how can he learn to see the world afresh and allow the Spirit to take him into the unknown? That That was hard for him. And it's hard for us too. When we've been taught to see the world a certain way, it is difficult to begin again. 21 years ago, I had just graduated from Ohio State, and I was working for our campus church, the church where Sarah and I met. It was a a lovely evangelical church. We met in a movie theater. It was a church that both took itself too seriously and then also knew how to have a lot of fun. Uh, There was a lot of energy and very little wisdom. An apt description of who I was at that time as well. And so 23 years old, I had my life mapped out. Sarah and I were engaged, and I was going to be a pastor for our campus church for many, many years to come. And once we were engaged, I got to meet her home pastor, Rob Weingartner, who is a PCUSA minister. And I remember meeting with him in his office, and we talked about life and marriage and theology. And I remember saying to him, kind of cocksure, you know, you, you Presbyterians, you ordain women, which I wish I could agree with, but 
I just can't get there biblically. And Rob was so patient and kind. He said, you know, if you're actually interested, I could share some material with you on why ordaining women actually is biblical. And I, I was skeptical. I had already read through the Bible multiple times. I knew what it said. So I wasn't sure what it is that he could share with me that would change my mind. But, but I took the book and the articles that he gave with me, and I told him that I would read them. Now, one article was called Women in the New Testament by Kenneth Bailey, a Presbyterian scholar who spent his career in the Middle East. So I read it, and then I read it again, and then I read it again, and it floored me. Because Bailey was reading the Bible with more depth, insight, and cultural understanding than I had ever seen before in my life. So even if I didn't agree with him about his conclusions, it was clear to me how much respect he had for the Bible. And it was also clear to me that I might be wrong. Something that I would need to learn many times over. Something I'm still learning to this day. Maybe women can be pastors. And if that was true, then I needed to reevaluate everything. And it didn't happen in an instant. It didn't happen overnight. But that was the beginning of a new birth in my life. And 14 years later, I was ordained as a PCUSA pastor. And five years after that, you all called me here to covenant. And so because of what Rob shared with me, I was born again. And I've never been the same. See, being born physically, that happens once in our life. But being born again, if we are lucky, if we are blessed, it happens again and again and again. Jesus said, the wind blows where it chooses. You may hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. See, when the Spirit of God takes us places that we never imagined we'd end up, we are born again. Friends, God has destinations for us to travel, the likes of which we know nothing about. God has places for us to go if we are only willing to begin again and again and again. Right now, our church is considering taking new steps about welcome and inclusion toward people who have been systemically excluded from churches, including this one. And, and these steps mark a new beginning for covenant, one that many of you welcome. And others of you aren't so sure, and that's okay, because it's hard to begin again. A few months back, I was speaking with someone about LGBT inclusion and they said to me, you're asking me to say that what my parents taught me was wrong. We just sat with that. That's a hard thing to admit. And in the background, I can hear Nicodemus saying, how can anyone be born after having grown old? New beginnings are hard. 
But Jesus assures Nicodemus and he assures us when the Spirit is leading us, we will find ourselves in places we never expected to be. I certainly have. From a biblical literalist who was convinced that the earth was only 10,000 years old, who couldn't imagine such a thing as a woman pastor, to where I am today, it just makes you wonder, where will the Spirit lead next? I don't know, but one thing that we can know for sure is that wherever God is leading us, it is all for the sake of love. Because with God, that's all it's ever been about. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him, everyone who trusts in this divine love may not perish but have eternal life. And that eternal life begins right here and now when we begin again. And that love, it will lead us back to each other across all the chasms of our polarizations. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Friends, the good news is that Jesus came as the embodiment of divine love, a love that does not condemn us, but saves us. So in this time of new beginnings, may God's love save us again and again and again. Amen.